Band and the Invisible Band. Like the great songwriting duos of yesteryear, Lewis and Dan bring comedy and smarts to music for today's families. Best friends, neighbors, and college professors, Lewis teaches musicology at St. Olaf. Dan teaches philosophy at Carleton College. They bring humor and seriousness along with musical sophistication to their work as songwriter musicians. This is evidenced by the tunes on their new album called The Greats. Let's find out about their musical journey together, their new album, and hear a couple of their fantastic new songs. And get the answer to, what in the world is an invisible band? It's time to talk with Louis Epstein and Daniel Gould. Hello, Dan and Louis, and welcome to Musician Talk. Thanks for having Thank us. You. I'm so excited to have you on the show. I love your music. I love, love, love your music. So um, we're going to start with just very brief kind of personal journeys uh, musically for each of you to give the audience an idea of where, where you kind of came from musically. And then we'll talk about how you guys got together to sure. become the group that you are today. Yeah, I'm happy to start. This is Dan. Um, I started playing drums when I was about 10 years old, and that was my main instrument uh, until toward the end of grad school. So I played drums in bands, I went to school, I went to a conservatory for drums, uh, and then picked up the guitar in my late 20s, mm. uh, and played in various sort of indie rock bands um, until 2018, which is when Lewis and I got together. And I am Lewis, and I took piano lessons from the age of five i started clarinet when i was 10 classical lessons exclusively um i i also majored in music in college but not in performance uh, i studied music history and um played in various bands like dan mostly on instruments that i wasn't trained in so i i played in a brass band that did covers of popular songs i don't know if i can say the name of it on the radio but i'm just going to say it it was hornography oh. Uh, that was my grad school band, and then like like <laughs> Dan, really great name. <laughs> <Thanks. actually. laughs> um, you know, played played in a, a sort of alternative rock band when I got to Northfield um, until Dan and I started playing together. Yep, and that was in 2018. Uh, Lewis um, had been rewriting words for patriotic songs for, as part of political organizing. Got it. Uh, and they were very very clever lyrics, uh, uh, very funny and. Uh, pointed, uh, and I had had a su- just, you know, I think both of us had a bunch of sort of half-written songs that we like would sing to our kids, uh, and uh, I thought, well, we should get together and try to do something more systematic. So I emailed Lewis and was like, let's get together, and um, and do something more systematic. And he was like, let's do that, great. And like a week later, we had a spreadsheet with potential song ideas, wow. and that's when how it got going. Wow, so you had you already had songs that you were working on before you got together. Then did you start working on those songs that you already had written separately and c- collaborate on those? Or did you start working together on writing tunes from scratch right away? Both, uh, you know, to some extent. And this is our, still our songwriting process. We, we brought things in that we had been working on individually, but then we went through a revisions process together, kind of made them better. Um, but then also because the band was forming, we realized, oh, now we can write completely new things and we can either do it together or we can think about what would be, what would make sense for us as a group. Did you say this was a 2018 that you started? That's right. Yep. Doing this? So then you had all the time of the pandemic just to work on stuff. It's true. Although we did a fair amount before the pandemic okay. uh, struck. So we did two, two records, I think before the pandemic wow. even happened. Right. Uh, and um, yeah, and so we were well on our way when the pandemic 
uh, hit. You guys are pretty prolific then. We, yeah, it we turns are. out we like... have a lot of ideas for songs of this kind. Um, <laughs> I don't know why that is, but it, 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 they come fairly naturally. Pretty, yeah. pretty full, fully formed? Sometimes. Yeah, yeah, things have changed a little bit. I feel like when we started, it was more someone brought a complete song. And then the other person would we'd tweak lyrics, some ideas here. But we're writing more and more together, I think, yeah. as the time passes. Mm-hmm. Or someone will bring a, uh, a concept or 60% of a song and then hand it over to the other person. Nice. Um, so it's gone from... I think I feel like on the early records, I could record, I could point and be like that. I know exactly who who's that that is, like who came nice. up with that idea or that line or that right. song. Whereas on this new run, new one, I, I cannot remember. Yeah, because um, it was more the most collaborative. Yeah, it's gotten more organic. Yeah, and it's so much fun, you know, writing together and like yes. pushing each other, thinking of jokes on the spot, and seeing what sticks. <laughs> and so you guys write uh, just children's music. I mean, it's for adults as well, but that's yep. your focus. And so all of your albums have been, that's your focus. Since 2018, yes. Yeah, that's right. Oh, and so you both have children. Mm-hmm. And so do you get a lot of inspiration from, I got to believe, <laughs> from their <laughs> antics? Yes. No, we, we definitely get inspiration from their antics. There's a song on our first record uh, about my daughter. It's called Desperado Cleo. I think she was in her terrible threes or twos or threes at the time uh-huh. and i thought you know she's definitely a kind of gunslinger and we got to write a, a <laughs> you know a spaghetti western style song about her and her antics around the house and so she you know she rides around the house on her Roomba instead of a horse she makes huge messes she refuses to wear the clothes you set out for her uh she lays waste yeah. to the kitchen you know that uh, kind of thing i remember that yeah. it's been a long long time for me since that was the case <laughs> with my kids but i remember that <laughs> it's delightful that you could write a music, that write a song about it. That's mm-hmm. absolutely wonderful. So, um, what instruments do you guys play in the band, <clears throat> or just in, in general? Life? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I so I do most of the singing in the band, though not all of it, uh, and play guitar. Uh, and then on the recordings, I, I do basically all the drums and a little bit of auxiliary uh, percussion. Uh, and that's about that's the extent of my playing ability i can dabble on the piano but lewis can do much more yeah so i I cover the keys uh, so piano organ synthesizer on all of our records um i play most of the wind instruments because i'm trained in clarinet and i can also play saxophone and so like on the new record on on put it on the barbecue which i think we're going to hear in a little bit i think in that one i'm playing tenor sax baritone sax yeah um to to give it a kind of fat horn sound um, keys, woodwinds. I, I play some auxiliary percussion. I do yep. some some singing, backup vocals, and harmonies. Well, it's great that you could do that because then you don't have to do it on the synth. So, if, so if you if you do want some horns or woodwinds, quite often if you don't have a player, you just play it on a synthesizer. Right. But there's a difference mm-hmm. yep. that you can tell totally, and it's so great to have the actual instrument doing it. I, and I love that with drums too, so much better than the program drums. Mm-hmm. The live kit is yeah. always just so much more. Uh, you feel it more, I guess. Yes, I, think, right? I agree. It's got soul to it. Yep, yeah, totally. The electronic stuff just doesn't. So um, you, this is a great segue we were talking about into your first album, um, and it's called The Greats. And we're going to play two songs from that uh, during our show today. And But I want to talk a little bit about the album. I, I just, uh, listening to these two songs, I want to get the full album and listen to it uh, or stream it, I guess that that's what you do now. Yeah. Um, because it's so wonderful and I love even just these two st- songs are 
just completely different genres and you kind of have maybe i don't know a little bit more freedom on that writing for kids albums totally you know? yes that i think we both did not anticipate that but have been very happy with it so in our independent like our own indie rock bands you don't you don't switch genre styles right. radically that would just sound very strange right uh, um it's much more uniform in terms of style but we feel like we can just write what ever we want in oh. this band in terms of styles and so we cover we cover as much as we can basically yeah. musical yeah. theater hip-hop yeah uh folk music um spaghetti uh, some, western some yep spaghetti western exactly right and one that's one is kind of a bluesy rock tune mm-hmm. and then the first one i thought of with i love to sing i thought of right? musical theater yeah i did bit, i did yeah. that it crossed my mind uh particularly because um, the show I'm in right now, I'm just going to plug it right now. Please. Peter Peter and the Starcatcher, it's at the Guild. If you want to laugh, go. It's today at 2, two o'clock, next Friday, at, and Saturday at 7.30, and Sunday at 2 o'clock. If you want to laugh, go. It's a wonderful show. But we start our warm-ups, because there are uh, singing in the, in the show, and we do our warm, vocal warm-ups, and one of the vocal warm-ups we have is, I love to sing. So I was <laughs> expecting that, and you guys do a little different... Um, uh, melody with that so uh, that's probably also why I thought of musical theater so um, uh, see so we talked a little bit about your writing collaboration how do you decide which songs because you guys it sounds like you guys are so prolific which songs to actually put on the album that's a great question we um, whenever we're thinking about making a new album we usually independently will drop lists of, of songs that we think should be on it from our you know repertory of things that are written and in, in pretty good shape um, or that we think we could finish pretty quickly. And we compare our lists. There's some haggling. Yeah. <laughs> but usually there's a lot of agreement. I think yeah, we, yeah. we have a pretty good sense of what, what our strongest material is or what has the most potential to resonate with people. Um, and then there's always usually a little bit of additional songwriting to kind of fill out the record, um, either to fill gaps that we we see in, in style or, or to try to bring it together thematically. Like the new record, um, The Greats, has opening and closing numbers right. that are different versions of the same song. Cool. Um, we've never done that before, but we right. really wanted to tie it together by kind of introducing, okay, this is what we're doing on the record, and then closing it off by saying, this is what we've done. We hope you've enjoyed it. Kind of like a, pa- a college paper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <I suppose laughs> tell them what right. you're going to tell them, tell yeah. them, and then tell them. Ex- yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is our most thematic record by a long shot. So it's got, you know, it's, it, the idea is that all the songs on it are inspired by songwriting musicians that that um, that we like, that we that we listen to, that have inspired us, and so that helped shape what was on the record. So there were some songs that are like, well, I, re- you know, that's a great song. I really like that song, but it's not tied into this. Right. So right, it, right. It, it'll wait till next time. Or, yeah. Well, that kind of helps. Yeah. I yeah. Think. yeah having, it does help. Having some kind of boundaries or exactly. Yeah. Um, so on on this album and perhaps your other albums, but particularly this one that we're going to talk about today, that we're talking about today, do you play all the instruments on them? Almost. Okay. But, so I love to sing is actually a major exception. Uh, we brought in some professional jazz musicians right. because we really wanted it to sound like we had like an amazing jazz combo. And you know, like Dan Dan did play drums on that. I um, but I did not play keys and I didn't play any horns on that because we right. we wanted a really professional sound. Okay. Uh, so we had J.C. Sanford, who um, has been teaching at St. Olaf the last couple of years on trombone, Stephanie Wiesler on uh, tenor sax, Elaine Burt on trumpet, yep. and then J.C. Sanford played bass on that and a couple of other songs. Wow. Uh, yeah, Jeff Bailey played bass. Oh, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jeff Bailey. You said J.C. Sanford. Oh, Jeff, yeah, yeah, Jeff yeah, Bailey, yeah. sorry. Jeff Bailey. Yeah, wow. so we, Heavy so Lewis is right. That, that, like, that song is, is the exception. On everything else, we don't, neither of us play bass. 
Got it. So anytime you hear a bass, it's not us. Got it.、Okay. Um, but everything else is a pretty good bet. It's it's one of us, and it, but with occasionally、right. guests doing some horns, sometimes some lead guitar bits. Yeah. Got yeah. it. Yeah. And then for this song, you brought in Tefsa, and I'm sorry, Tefsa Wanda Magniru. Yep. Thank you.、Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's at Sinolf,、mm-hmm. a choir conductor. Yep. Director. And so,、uh, how did you get him involved, and why? Oh my gosh. Tessa is a good friend, as well as being a colleague. Obviously, an amazing musician, and、um, we—I mean, his voice is just—it's like one of a kind. Yes. And we just wanted it on the record、um, to, you know, to offer a different, different voice,、um, but also because like Tessa is legitimately like a nationally, internationally recognized choral conductor. He he warms people up for a living, and so when we were making this joke <laughs> on the song about oh we haven't warmed up, we've got to get everybody warmed up, he was just the first、so、person we thought、great. of. To help us out,、yeah. and then put it on the barbecue was actually written specifically for him、um, because he is a, a barbecue maven. Like he,、oh, he、great. will stay up all night smoking. Wow!、Um, he has invited like hundreds of people to his home and to other events where he has provided the barbecue, and、wow. so. He's an expert, and we wanted to feature and reveal his expertise in、I、barbecue. Definitely want to have him on the show. Yeah, he's great. He's a force of nature. He's a really <laughs> wonderful guy. That's great. So this first song that we're going to listen to is、um, "I Love to Sing." And can you give us a little bit of the backstory? I mean, it's about warming up, and that's part of it. You talked about that, and there's a break in the in the song that you talk about that. But where did this song come from? Where did it start? So my colleague Karen Wilkerson at Saint Olaf.、Um, Actually commissioned this song from us.、Oh, she、uh, she did it in memory of her mother,、um, and it was for a, a voice studio that she was teaching. She wanted to to offer a sort of gift to the students, something whimsical but still like related to their course of study. And so she emailed me and she said, "Yeah, a song about singing somehow." Like, and I said, "What what do you want us to touch on?" And she said, "Maybe some of these things." And it was kind of like some kind of party game where you throw a bunch of ideas into a hat. It's like charades or something. You just have to pick one out and go with it. So we we just wrote this really densely packed song with so many references to to vocal technique and you know singing history and famous singers,、um, and. She loved it. The kids loved it. We've we've actually done it with the Saint Olaf Orchestra. Yep. And now it's on the new record in a jazz combo arrangement.、It's、yeah. And and I, I actually think it's like very illustrative of something we've learned, which is that if you just aim to write something compelling, like a strong melody, strong ideas, it was not written for kids.、No. It was written for a, for a college class, but. Kids, children love it. My、I、kids、bet. like want to listen to it. They love the warm up bits.、Uh, <laughs> yeah. They just they just love it. And so、um, as we've progressed, I think we've stopped thinking about for kids, not for kids, and、right. just like this seems like a good idea for a song. Period. And let's do it. And I think I just and I mentioned this before we started here. This it's, it's so appreciated. I think by all parents out there to have music for their children that because gosh, you have to listen to it. So many times, if、right. the kids like it, <laughs> to have music that also is sophisticated enough for the adults to really appreciate it too. Absolutely. So、um, let's listen to "I Love to Sing," an original by my guests Louis Epstein and Daniel Grohl.
While we're getting those technical issues sorted, I wanted to, I was wondering where um, you recorded this album. This one was recorded almost entirely at a studio in the Minneapolis called The Library. Okay. It's run by Matt Patrick, who is um, a producer and also plays all, you know, with all kinds of people around the cities. Um, and he's got a great space. He's really great to work with. Uh, previous records have been a mix of stuff there and, um, uh, and play, like rooms at Carlton. Um, using some of the equipment we have access to there. But this one was, I think, exclusively done at the library. Yeah. yeah. And so when you brought in those other jazz musicians, let's say, for for this song, I Love to Sing, uh, did you have parts written out for them? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, wow, it was all orchestrated. Written out charts. Yeah. Wow. Um, we had actually, uh, JC is such a great guy, and we had sat down with him uh, a week or two in advance and showed him the draft of the chart that we had come up with, and he gave us sort of feedback, right? Um, making sure that it was going to be ultimately lo- legible for these musicians. Um, but yeah, we, I mean, part of the joy of Lewis and Dan and the Invisible Band is that not only do we get to write in lots of different genres, but we get to push ourselves in totally new directions. I've never arranged a, a jazz tune before. Right. Um, but we, we sat down together. We, we figure out lines, lines yeah. just like playing in, you know, in Dan's house. And then I went back and transcribed them and added some things, adjusted some things. It was a great learning experience yeah. to figure out how to, how to make sure that professional musicians are kind of come in and not say, this is amateur hour, you know, right. but, but to come in and play it and like add something to it. It's so fun to see that come to life. Yeah. That's wonderful. I mean, so often when you have these original songs, you go into the studio you don't have, you have the chords, yeah. you have yeah. the melody and chords perhaps, and some basic tracks, and then you make up your own part. And yes, that we, we don't work that way. <laughs> we both as a function of our personalities. Uh, I think the idea of leaving it open and just figuring it out on the spot is not something, um, we would cope with very well, but part of it is just the financial reality. I and mean, studio exactly. time is expensive. And yep. so um, ba- basically, every, every, almost 90, everything, 98%, 98% yeah. is worked out beforehand. And wow. there are rough recordings of every song with all of the parts right. that we've been listening to for weeks ahead of time, wow. making adjustments. So then when we're in the studio... It's like, <laughs> we, we like spreadsheets. We have our spreadsheet with the parts. We've decided what's going to, you know, we're going to do these songs today. We're going to do these parts. And it's just, let's do it. And then invariably, there's, you know, always a little bit of like, maybe we need something else. Right. What should that be? But we, we try to keep that to a minimum. You know, listening to the way you guys work, it seems like you should write a musical. <laughs> have you We've, guys talked about that? We have. We have. Yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're talking about it right now in the sense that we, we have an idea, we have a premise. Um, we've also talked about how complicated musicals are yeah. to produce. I mean, the, right. I think the writing would be very fun, but then you want to see it on stage, right? And that right. is a whole additional process that we don't have as much experience in. Or I have experience playing in pit orchestras and, yeah. and like helping write a musical, but I, I know enough to know all of that work that has to go into making it happen. Right. 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 in a a perfect world we we would absolutely write a musical um it may be the kind of project that we need to wait until we're both on sabbatical yeah exactly yeah that's right yep 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 you you want concentrated time i think as as opposed to getting together once a week or how often no that's exactly right you just need to have your heads together down and working so um let's go ahead and uh, you, uh, no, it's not. Do you know, um, they sent it to me in an email with the link. I wonder if that would just work. Can, should I forward you that email? Yeah. Okay. We so can, There's also, you can stream it from a website if okay. you want. Okay. Um, we can do that. Okay. 
Well, when he Here, does that, you talk, I'll and talk. I will come around. Here. We're gonna figure Maybe, this out. Pauline, could I talk a little bit about the um, the sort of charitable destination of oh, proceeds yes, from the album? Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what it. Yes. Perfect. So, um, so as we mentioned, our, our good friend <laughs> Tesfo Wandamagniu is singing on the album, and in honor of his participation, um, we're donating the proceeds from this new album, from all album sales, to two charities. One is Known Minneapolis, which is a Twin Cities community-based choir, um, and the other is the Poor People's Campaign. Um, which is run by the Reverend Wal- William Barber. And the reason why we're, we're donating the proceeds of the, this album to begin with is that Tesfa um, last summer went on a 60-day pilgrimage, really. He, he traveled all around the country uh, to, to various black communities in the country, talking to people who live there, asking them what their lives are like, what they need. And he did that as preparation for writing a, a brand new piece, a choral piece that's actually been premiered by the University of Michigan um, wow. Glee Club. And he, his whole intention behind doing this was not to make money for himself or you know, bring attention to himself, but to create authentic connections between classical music organizations and their local communities and to make sure that the, the needs and the opportunities of the local communities are being met. And so his project is called To Repair. Um, you can read about it. Uh, Star Tribune reported on it. And we were so inspired by this and thought, you know, we've been lucky enough to make a little bit of money from this venture. We need to to follow Tesfa's lead and give back. So in honor of him performing on the record, um, we actually asked him, you know, what, what are some charities we should consider donating to? He suggested these two. And so all, all proceeds from album sales are going to Known Minneapolis and uh, the Poor People's Campaign. That's just really awesome. I love that story. I love it. And the first one was Known Minneapolis, K-N-O-W-N yep. Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. Are we ready? All right. So let me do this again. Let's listen to I Love to Sing, an original by my guests, Louis Epstein and Daniel Grohl. There are times when I feel blue. No doubt you have them too. When nothing ever seems to go your way. But here's a little trick to make a good mood stick. I try to do it each and every day I love to sing a melody I love to sing a harmony No matter where, with whom, be it with bells or kazoos I sing with glee I love to sing low and high I love to sing Our voices multiply, or maybe fuse into one. Yes, when we deeply respire, our voices are a higher oxygenous. We're in your face in the nicest of ways. I love to sing like a loon. Try not to sing out of tune. Well, if I'm in a tricky spot, you know I'm gonna sing Sinatra. I can't help but croon. Fly me to the moon Let me play among those stars Stop, Let guys, me stop, stop, stop Oh, hey, Tesfo, what's wrong? Were we violating copyright? No, y'all covered by fair use The problem is that you didn't warm up Oh my goodness, you're right Tesfo, since you're a choral director, can you warm us up? Sure, repeat after me <clears throat> Wee oh wee oh wee oh wee oh wee Wee oh wee oh wee oh wee oh wee 
Great. Now let's work on our plosives and fricatives. Tesfa, this is a family album. Just repeat after me. The mouth, the teeth, the tip of the tongue. The mouth, the teeth, the tip of the tongue. The mouth, the teeth, the tip of the tongue. The mouth, the teeth, the tip of the tongue. Okay, now try this. I love to sing. 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 It's divine. I love to sing like the greats of all time. Aretha and McCartney, Presley, Prince, and Pavarotti. Yeah, our tastes are pretty fine. I'll sing off toy chant français, Italiano all day. When belting out Beyonce, I'll still apply IPA. Shouting in the shower. If I'm sounding kind of chesty, it's because I'm on travesty. Whether feeling happy, embarrassed, joyful, or sad, I always love to see. This is Pauline Jennings, and you're listening to Musician Talk. You just heard I Love to Sing, an original written and performed by my guests, Louis Epstein and Daniel Grohl, who make up the band Louis and Dan and the Invisible Band. And they're my guests today. Oh, I love that song. <laughs> Thank you. Gosh, I, it's crafted so well. It's mixed so well. It's played mm. so well. It's sung so beautifully. Your range has got to be like three octaves. Uh, well, I mean, that's, you know, the the queen of the night is super head voicey stuff. I don't spend a lot of time up there. <laughs> no, but you, but your, your pitch is right on, even yeah, though yeah. you don't spend a lot of time up there. Wonderful job. Absolutely. The Thank words you. I wrote down when I first listened to this was catchy, clever. I love the message. It's funny. It's appealing to adults and kids. It's it's just beautifully written. I love it. Thank well you done. so much. Thank you. Well done, you guys. Wow. I'd love to hear this done with, did you say it was with the orchestra? We did it with the St. Olaf Orchestra, I think, two years ago. Uh, two years ago? Last fall. Um, yeah. Uh, it's been, no, two years. At least two years. But you can find, there's a video of it on our uh, YouTube account. Um, you, can, you can watch the whole thing. Awesome. It's, it's yeah. particularly uh, poignant because at the very end, I was actually taking voice lessons when we first started recording. And my voice teacher is in the audience, and at the end, the camera just points out to the audience. And when we sing that final wee wee wee, she puts her hands on her head because she realizes like this is the vocal warm up that Aww. she had done with me. Um, it's it's so Aww. lovely. Yeah, oh, I love moments like that. That is so precious. Um, okay, so we'll we'll play another song here in a little bit, but I want to talk about the quote of the week, and. Um, I thought I would look up a quote that had something to do with children. Yeah. And, uh, and then it, it comes to find out, because I, this is by the Greek philosopher Aristotle, that's your philosophy professor. That's You're me. a pro- yeah. p- philosophy, uh, Dan is. Um, and so here's the quote, very short. Music has a power of forming the character and should therefore be introduced into the education of the very young. So what do you think about that? What first comes to your, your head when you... Can I first say, point? this is a very dangerous thing to do. You've just asked two professors, one of philosophy, <laughs> one of music history, what they think of this quote by Aristotle. Yeah, true. The interview's over. We're going to go on for the next hour and a half. So. That's right. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I mean, I, I have a lot of thoughts. Uh, I, I totally agree with this idea that music should be part of the education of the very young, in part because music is one of those things that makes us human. Right. And if we don't treat children like humans, like, what are, what are we doing exactly? You know, so of course they should be musical. They're already musical. We can't help but notice that they're musical. Um, I also have critical things to say about Aristotle because when he was talking about character, he was talking about like a very specific kind of character. Oh, really? He was thinking about the the ways that sort of society is formed through the character of individuals um, who behave in certain ways. And he was really concerned also with some of the dangers of music education that might not be working towards that end. So I agree with the sentiment. I think his particular application of it was really limiting. And what we're trying to do is make sure that kids feel drawn to music in a really natural way. Yes. We're not trying to force any kind of music, any kind of character. We just want them engaged. Well, I'm so curious what kind of character. I'm thinking male, certainly. Uh, it's a, Correct. about pa- patriarchy and, yeah. and that. He um, was worried about uh, low musics and, and sort of low occupations and the ways oh, that no. people used music for entertainment might not always be character building. Oh, right? so that's might, sophisticated enough, right? It right? might lead you down the Elite. path to sin. Uh, so <sighs> there's some yes. of that in there, too. Dan maybe has more, more to no, say. No, no, I mean, that's all, that's all true. I mean, Aristotle and Plato both had very particular ideas about what an education should look like. Sure. Um, uh, and Lewis is right, all about forming a particular kind of character. I mean, it's the one thing that's interesting... Um, is that uh, at least with like Plato, there's extensive extensive discussion of music in the Republic. He thinks it's at the core of the education that the the, wow. the rulers of the ideal city need. Uh, and there's lots of talk about which modes um, are the right modes, like Do- like modes like um, Dorian is good okay, because it helps people behave in a war like behavior. Except yeah. my understanding is is that no one actually knows. <laughs> Nobody knows what the mode like the the modes as we understand them. Like Dorian is like D to D, right? Uh, um, They're not Lydian the same. As like the, F to F. Right, it's like different they, scales. They, they, we, no one knows what they sounded like. So there's many pages of discussion, and it's like who knows, right. who knows what it sounded like. But yeah, very, they had very particular ideas about the benefits and harms of music, which I think uh, neither of us subscribe to. No. I, I mostly think of music and the role of music in my life as very separate from the philosophy. I kind of think it's just it's own thing. When sure. I do music, I, I don't want to think about philosophy. When I do philosophy, I don't want to think about music. Well, divorcing it from Aristotle, yeah. just the sentiment of music adding to character yeah. or building character or, uh, and, how, and how that affects your personality, I guess. Is there a link do you think there is? I guess I, would, I, would dis- I wouldn't use the word character. Got I would it. just describe music as a form of expression that allows us to be ourselves wonderful and if i mean you could describe that in terms of character formation of course i want my kids to feel like themselves and to be be themselves right um but i think character carries some some weight of like i tell my kids all the time this is building character when it's something they don't want to do right (laughs) um and so i don't want music to be something that builds character in that sense i want it to be something that they're just naturally drawn to and that they use to express themselves I think that when you're in, in, involved with music, um, maybe not as much the music itself as the involvement in music is character building mm-hmm. in that it teaches you teamwork, it teaches you know you to take your turn, it teaches you to trust each other, it teaches you to be vulnerable, Absolutely. teaches you dedication, teaches you uh, uh, commitment, a lot of those things that we want to have in, in every, mm-hmm. every aspect of our life, perhaps. It's true. It's true. I mean, although those things can... <laughs> I mean, it's a striking fact, right, about humans that they can be exceptional in one domain, 
right. and terrible in other domains. <laughs> right. Um, Speak for and yourself, so, Dan. like, <laughs> right? Who are you talking about? <laughs> ennobling stories about like music or sports. You know, people love talking about team sports. Like, you know, this. You know, you can be like, like you know, some of the greatest athletes in the world are just awful people because right, they spend right. all their time being athletes. I feel like you know, <laughs> the same is true with, with any activity, including sure. music. People can be ex- exquisitely sensitive musicians, right. um, and then display absolutely none of that sensitivity in their interpersonal lives. And right. so, uh, or even uh, on stage, or even on stage, yeah, to I've, their bandmates. It's just so yeah. you know. Uh, um, yeah, I just think I think that's striking. As much as I would like to think that, like the, this sort of <laughs> that just it, it inculcates virtue broadly speaking, uh, I'm I'm not so sure it's true. Which like which is why I kind of think it's like it's its own wonderful thing. It's its own, Got it. and people talk about it as its own language. I think there's something to that. It's its own way of just engaging with the world. That you know, I, th- I mean, I think you're right. I think it it can do all those things, but it it might not do any of those things. Sure. Also, yeah. I, I'll. I'll add that um, you know this idea of education is a is a really broad and vague idea, and Dan and I have talked at length about the extent to which we want our music to be educational or not. Yeah, and in fact, we sometimes debate. You know, should we have this line, which teaches a pretty clear lesson in this song, or should we have this line, which is more whimsical or isn't trying to teach anything? It's just a great word or a great rhyme. And I would say we tend towards the latter. Yeah, uh, we find. We find that when we are trying to teach too directly, it really weighs our music down. It's wow. not as fun. It's not as engaging. We don't feel as authentic when we're doing that. Sure. And so we're not really trying to educate, yeah. um, at least not explicitly. Education is just part of everything we do, right? We right. learn from exactly. our daily experience. So if kids are listening to our songs, if they're trying to sing along and encountering lots of words they've never heard before and asking their parents about it, Education is happening, yep. but we're not trying to force it on anyone. Absolutely. Well, I love your sentiment that you said that, uh, that music more uh, allows us to be who we are. Yeah. And isn't that precious? There's not a lot of, in life that, that allows us to do that, that we don't feel pres- there's some kind of prescription to the way we should behave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's wonderful. It's time to move on to the next song, and it is called Put It on the Barbecue. And so why don't you tell us a little bit of background um on that song and where the inception of the song came from yeah sure i think lewis so lewis mentioned this was written specifically for uh, who um uh is the featured vocalist on this uh and so um yeah i mean i mean he's truly a barbecue a barbecue expert so i wrote a song for Tesfa, which I think is maybe the first time that we've written a song specifically, specifically for, for like a per, another person right. to sing. Yeah. Um, and then, as in all of our songs, it has a twist, right? So Tesfa is singing about his mastery of barbecue, and then we come in and kind of ruin things. Yes. Because yes. we're not experts, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, you know, I think there's a thread going through a bunch of our songs where we love singing about food. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because we eat every day. I'm not sure, but we... Um, we love singing about food, and this was a great opportunity to link to one of our earlier songs, which is called Yupster Food Song, where we sing about just the most uh, esoteric or healthy snacks that we could think of. <laughs> many, many things that kids would not naturally right, right. Like, want. And so this song is uh, sort of an echo of that, and that we're suggesting, well, you'll hear we're suggesting things to put on the barbecue that one should not 
put on the barbecue. That's right. <laughs> That's great. So did, Tef- did Tesfa know that you were writing this song? Yeah, we read okay. it by him first. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So during, Lest when, we write a whole song. And right. He's like, you'd be uh, like, no, no, no. I can't say this. So when you first played it for him, was he just tickled pink? I gotta believe. Yeah. he. La- I mean, he laughed out loud at several of the lines. And then Tesfa, he added his own spin to it. You know, we... We wrote in some dialogue, um, but then he said, well, can I say this instead? This feels more natural to me. And we said, of course you can. Right. I think we even changed one of the lines in the first chorus because he, he just said, like, I think I had, like, you can, can you put beans on the barbecue as a legitimate thing? He was like, you, you would not put beans on the barbecue. What are you talking about? Can, we got we to gotta come up with something else. Right. So he, just like in our own collaborative process, he genuinely improved the song by giving us some feedback, putting himself into it. And you'll hear, I mean, Tesla is fully himself in this song. It's yeah. wonderful. It is so wonderful. And that's a great setup. You ready there, Wendy, with this one? Do you have it? Okay. So um, it's time to listen to Put It on the Barbecue from my guest's new album called The Greats. When I'm not working, I love to cook My favorite dishes aren't in a book There's just one culinary tool that I use I keep it outside, it's my sweet barbecue One, two, three, four! What you want on that plate? You mean, what would we put on the barbecue? Yeah, y'all tell me. Got a block of tofu. Tofu? Underwear, spaghetti, and ragu. Huh? Oh, y'all playing with me. Reduce, reuse, renew. With hickory, smoke, bamboo. Bamboo. Put it on the barbecue. To Carolina, Kansas City, to Brazil. Tell me a favorite, it's the ultimate test. Test for everybody knows Memphis barbecue's the best. Yes, M10 represent. What else y'all got? Can you eat an emu? Put it on the barbecue. Yes. Need to heat a fondue? Put it on the barbecue. Cook it up with fescue. Test for to the rescue. Put it on the barbecue. Barbecue. Put it on the barbecue. Put it on the barbecue. 
This is Musician Talk, and I'm your host, Pauline Jennings. My guests today are Louis Epstein and Daniel Grohl, who make up the duo Louis and Dan and the Invisible Band. You just heard their original, Put It on the Barbecue. Well, I think Tesfa could probably sing anything. Yeah, I agree. His voice is like butter, and then and then he introduces the growl, and then you get a little bit more edgy. It's it's really wow. Yeah, and wonderful horns, more Thank horn you. playing, Thank and you. I love the the that rock kind of bluesy rock vibe. It's just it's so catchy. Great, and I gotta believe that kids. Well, I laughed, but kids just let's get tickled pink with that underwear spaghetti and red. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's another inside reference. We uh, one of the songs on our first album is called Underwear Spaghetti. It's about Dan's favorite food, and um, that's that's our song that has the most hits on Spotify. It's true. So yeah, it's true. Kids, I think yeah, they like really it. like that one. Right, just yeah. put underwear in the title. Right. It doesn't yeah, matter. Exactly. If it's exactly. About it. That is just so great, and again, that's just so—it's so professionally produced. Um, I, the back. How did you? How did you decide what kind of backups to do? Or the, your backup vocals mm-hmm. for is, this song in particular? It's so just... choice. I mean, you, it's so tasty. Where, where you put the backups, and it's also um, unexpected. Some of it too. Uh-huh. It's, it's not completely just how every other song is done. It, it, I don't know. I guess I. I don't know if you can explain how you make those decisions. <clears throat> I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like feel like we've gotten better at arranging as time goes by. Mm-hmm. So we spend a, a fair amount of time thinking about where something is needed and where it's not, which I guess is not very illuminating. That's just what arranging <laughs> is. But like, not trying to have too many things going on at the same time. Right, and I noticed in the space that. when there's a gap. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. It's not just the. It's not just that the, you give space to um, to where the where the music is and where it's not. It's also on the spectrum of um, where things are in um, in hertz wise. You know, you, right. you don't have yes. a bunch of things in the same area exactly. in, in the same, and so you can hear everything exactly. and they have and they sit down right into the yep. music, and you just go, okay, yeah, that really. You can hear everything exactly yeah, really well yep. done. That's right. So we're going to move on to best gig, worst gig. We're um, running out of time here. Did you guys think of? Do you have any? We uh, we were just talking about our, our worst gig. We won't name uh, the place, but we did have a, a show where we were trying to play a song that we uh, had just learned and is very demanding. It's our song about Minneapolis. That's the one you had in mind, right? That is absolutely yeah, the one yeah, I had yeah, in mind. Yeah. And we got through about we got through like thirty percent the first time and had to stop, and then I think we made it to about sixty percent, oh, and no. it just fell apart both times. Uh, it was just too early to bring it out. It was out. too early. Sure. So, it's um, a hard song. I was thinking, in fact, like, I, I mean, anyone who plays, you know, you have songs that some you're very good at, some you're not as good at. But in the songs you're not as good at, it's like there's particular parts where you're like, okay, this is this is the up. hard bit. It's coming up. Right, right. But this song, it's like the whole thing. Like, there's no, there's no point where it's <laughs> like, okay, I made a past here. Right. I'm good. It's like, I made a past here. Right. Now there's this next thing coming up. Right. <laughs> Which... Go ahead. Which we which we do to ourselves <laughs> in the sense that we right. we do like writing songs that are musically sophisticated, where the choruses aren't exactly the They're same exactly every time. Same. But oh, that no. means that you have to remember which chorus you're playing at what time. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. So what did you do when you did? Did you just say, "Well, folks, you know, Sorry, we got time. To, We said it's not yeah. going to happen this time, but okay. we yep. keep working on it. Sometimes that really endears you to an audience. Yeah. Actually, they they feel like, "Oh, you're real people." Yeah, it's true. Yeah. So that's good. How about how about one of your best gigs? 
Well, uh, we've had the great privilege of playing Fest du Nord, uh, Labor Day weekend, the last couple of years. That takes place at uh, YMCA uh, Camp, Camp du, du Nord, Nord up near Ely. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. put together by John Munson, who's the former bassist from Semisonic and now is um, in the New Standards. And we played alongside Cuckoo Kangaroo and the Okie Dokie Brothers and yeah. Humbird and um, just other, like Jeremy Messersmith, just like big names from the, the kids' music scene oh, in general so and cool. Minnesota music specifically. Um, the crowd is always super engaged. We yeah. ask people to do something. They are up on their feet doing it. And it's just, it's every time we play it, it's felt like one of our best shows. Ever. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Uh, you know, I think what I might choose is my very favorite, though, is the last show that we did um, at, um, not uh, next door to Eminent. Um, oh, at Armory Square. At Armory Square. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it was our first show in a long time. And at this point, at least many of the local kids who come to our shows know our stuff. Oh, and so I feel like it was fun. the first time where it was like real recognition and people singing Sing- along, yes. which was like super gratifying. Oh, I bet. Yeah. I bet particularly to have children singing along. Yeah, it's just great. Wor- uh, my heart is yeah, warm yeah. just thinking about it. Yeah. So um, before we leave here, I'd like to uh, let everybody know where they can get your music and where you're going to be playing here next. Yeah. It's all on our website, uh, which is... Uh, LewisDanInvisibleBand.com. We actually wrote a. We don't want to do a whole song and dance about it, but we do have we a, have a song, song about, about it, it which we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll sing do just, it. Uh, Lewis, just the bit. Okay, three, four. LewisDanInvisibleBand.com. 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 Yeah. Nicely done. Thank I you. love Thank it. You. We had a third part there a little yeah. bit. Yeah, it's all there. The, 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 this album, The Greats, will be available on streaming services only come this Friday. Okay. Awesome. Uh, so if people it's go fresh. looking for it, they won't find it until Friday, but then it will be there. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And your other albums are there. And then what's your next gig here in the area? We've got, uh, we're playing the Bridge Square Block Party right here in Northfield on Thursday. We'll play from 5.30 to 6.30. And then we're playing at Keepsake Cidery on Saturday. That's at 4 p.m. Um, and I don't know if it counts as the area, but we're playing the Lake Harriet Bandshell this afternoon oh, yeah. at 2 o'clock. Oh, wow. Yeah. Awesome. That's great. Yeah. All right. Well, that's where we'll leave it. Except, oh, my goodness, I promised everybody we'd talk about your name, the Invisible Band. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's brilliant. There is no band. It's just the two of right. you. So I guess that's the explanation. <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. If one of the very first songs I think we... we wrote and it happened while we were coming up with the name and um i think in this instance the the, the two came together it was like let's have a song about you know the band will have all kinds of different instruments in the background right i don't even think at that point we'd conceived of like what exactly our go-to common instruments would be right um but that idea, I think, gave birth to the idea of like, oh, I think in our songs we should have like all these different instruments, instruments going on. Playing and, live you know, right. by us for the most part. Wow. And each record, with the exception of the third one, the first two records and the next one all have intro songs where the band gets reintroduced each time. And new instruments get reintroduced. New instruments get introduced and the like. Well, it's very clever, and it is hard to come up with a good band name. So. Yes. There you go. All right. Well, thank you so much to both of you thank for being you. on thank Musician you. Talk. This was a lot of fun. Likewise. A lot of fun. Thanks so much. Thanks, All right. Pauline. Take care. Many thanks to Lewis and Dan for joining me to share their journey with us and to give us some insight into their wonderful music. Thanks also to Wendy Nordquist for her studio expertise and mostly 
thanks to you, the listeners of Musician Talk on the One, KYMN. Have a joyous day. The time is 1120. You're tuned to KYMN, North